0: hey everyone what's happening welcome to the Mind Unset the show is currently between seasons and while I still haven't gotten a launch date together for season 4, I thought I'd republish a few of my favorite episodes from way back in season one just to keep things going. you know as the show goes on those older episodes get buried and new listeners tend to pick up where the show current episodes left off. For that reason and to stay in the algorithm's good graces, I'm going to post a few of these oldies until we get the new episodes up to speed. You can find all these back episodes along with some information to get you on the mailing list so you don't miss a thing once we're up and running for season four. All right, that's enough business. Here's an episode from back in the early days of season one. In case you missed it, here's the best advice. The best advice comes from people who don't give advice. Matthew McConaughey said that. So let's talk about giving advice. We all have that friend or family member. Their life's a bit of a mess. They're constantly embroiled in some sort of drama and they come to you for advice. Do you give it? This is a difficult position to be in because you wanna help, but you're reluctant to, you know, give advice. Which is almost comical if you think about it because so often we don't even have solutions to our own problems, yet we never seem to run out of solutions for other people. I'd love to say that when this situation happens, I resist the temptation to interject, but I'm a fixer. My knee-jerk reaction is to help, but it's not the best reaction. Maybe the better tactic would be just to listen intently, let the person talk it out while saying nothing. And maybe when we offer advice, it isn't even about helping the other person as much as it is about making ourselves feel better. We feed ourselves this narrative that we actually have a clue about what's going on. And if there's one thing I've come to realize at this age, it's that I'm not sure what the hell's going on anymore. Any foundations I've built upon absolute certainty are shaky at best. My philosophy these days can best be expressed in the words of the poet John Keats. I am certain of nothing but the holiness of the heart's affection and the truth of the imagination. Yeah, I just dropped some Keats on you. You're welcome. But sometimes, despite my best effort, I fail miserably at keeping my mouth shut, and I offer my thoughts and suggestions. This recent scenario did two things. It retaught me the lesson about giving advice, and it led me to ask the question, do people really want help, or do they simply want to be heard? Parker J. Palmer, an American author and educator, suggests the latter in a piece he wrote called My Misgivings About Advice. In it, Palmer wrote, The human soul doesn't want to be advised or fixed or saved. It simply wants to be witnessed, to be seen, heard, and companioned exactly as it is. If this is true, that people don't really want to be healed or saved, how do you explain the fact that there are over 85,000 self-help books in publication today? That's three times the amount that were published just a decade ago. These numbers don't even account for the amount of podcasts, YouTube channels, and alternative education sources like online courses and seminars. Palmer's assertion gets some further backup by one of the biggest names in the motivation and self-help business, Tony Robbins. Robbins has stated that most people who buy self-help books rarely finish them. In fact, less than 10% ever read past the first chapter. I've got several self-help books in my collection, A lot of them I bought back in 2001 when my life was basically unraveling. I spent hours in Barnes & Noble. You remember Barnes & Noble, please. It was a big building with real books on the shelves. Oh man, I spent a lot of time in there perusing the self-help section. And back then, self-help wasn't as widely accepted as it is today. To be honest, I was embarrassed. I felt like a failure. Like I had to go buy a book to teach me how to manage my own life or discover who I was. Books like The Power of Now, The Art of Happiness, The Prophet, Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. Anything that promised healing for my brokenness, I devoured it, read it from cover to cover. Which is why it strikes me as an amazing waste of time, energy, and money if people are buying these books today but never reading them. I think just claiming that people want to be heard and not help oversimplifies the whole subject. Personally, I think it's both. Don't get me wrong, I certainly believe there are a great many people who love to complain and then make no effort to change their situations. Let's set those folks aside as the outliers. Let's look at the people purchasing one of those 85,000 books. Because if the market for self-help material is so vigorous, but the people aren't reading past chapter one, maybe it's not that they don't want to be healed or saved. Maybe the delivery method is just ineffective. I don't know. I'm not an expert on self-help. But I'm curious, because after the past two years of a pandemic, I know several people desperate for a respite from the madness that's overtaken our communities, looking to find some mental clarity and greater meaning from their jobs, relationships, and life in general. I have these conversations on a daily basis. I'm searching too. And while we may not know exactly what it looks like to each one of us, or how to find it just yet, we're asking the questions and searching for different answers than the ones we've been given you know, like work your entire life away until you reach an age where you're too old to do anything. But here's the problem. A lot of people today, they just don't have the time or the energy to devote to such a process. The distractions surrounding us make it easy to put things off and not read chapter two. Jonathan Haidt, a social psychologist and professor at New York University, calls it the exhausted majority. Millions of people are simply exhausted from the discourse and uncertainty of the last five years. The current hustle culture would chastise mental clarity and meaning as nonsense. If you're not familiar with hustle culture, it's a toxic niche within the self-help world. The rise and grind culture, as it's known, fuels itself on the notion that no matter how hard you're working, it's just not hard enough. Idleness is the devil, and billionaire CEOs are the gods. It's way over the top if you ask me, but I'm not here to bash on people for working hard. I applaud a strong work ethic, and I'm sure the approach will work for some, but is it sustainable? And what kind of person are you becoming in the process? What kind of community will we have when a bunch of sleep-deprived grinders intend on chewing up the competition rage through suburbia in maxed-out Teslas? Ultimately, it's bound to lead to burnout culture, substance abuse culture, and self-obsessed culture which I believe are already in full bloom, but I feel the pull towards hustle culture. I'm constantly chiding myself to work more, play the game. It's difficult to compete in a content creation space if you're not visible on every social media platform and posting regularly. I don't have an answer, but maybe somewhere there's a middle ground. I know that's really simple and boring, but sometimes, The simplest explanation is often the correct explanation. Yeah, I just dropped Occam's razor on you, too. Listen, establishing a middle ground might not be sexy, but it might lead to establishing some balance. Time to reflect on what it is exactly we're burning ourselves down for in the first place. I haven't read every self-help book ever written, but I've read enough to know that no matter the approach no matter the secrets they divulge or the tactics they give you to address whatever subject you're seeking enlightenment on, there's a single theme that's constant. It doesn't matter if you're seeking motivation, help with nutrition or diet, help with finances, love, wisdom, or faith. If you're seeking less anxiety, more confidence, less fear, more hope, less sex, more sex. The book could be a thousand pages long or ten pages. The theme is constant. None of the ideas put forth will change anything without your action. To quote Haidt again, words of wisdom may wash over us every day, but they can do little for us unless we savor them, engage with them, question them, improve them, and connect them to our lives. If you reach back as far as 1936 and search the pages of one of the best-selling books of all time, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, everything you need to know is on one line on page 24. It's where Carnegie quotes British philosopher Herbert Spencer. Spencer was a biologist and sociologist, famous for his theories on social Darwinism. And no disrespect to Spencer, but who he was isn't as important as what he said. Spencer said, the great aim of education is not knowledge, it's action. The reason to educate ourselves is not so we can sit around a table and bloviate it's so we can act on something, build something, fix something, cure something, create something. Through all these actions, affect change, hopefully for the better, to be of service. But taking action usually requires taking some chances. I'm not talking about walking across a highway wearing a blindfold or eating almonds when you have a nut allergy. I'm talking about some calculated risks with the intention of moving forward. Attempting things that lie outside your comfort zone and more than likely addressing some fears. Changing the way you view things, which for some might be more difficult than walking across the highway wearing a blindfold. None of this is new information. You can find it in any one of those 85,000 self help books that just got published. But seeing as most people never get past chapter one, there's a disconnect somewhere. Maybe this breakdown helps. If it didn't, keep trying. The great psychologists have given us their knowledge. Content creators and imaginative thinkers have laid out multiple pathways for us to discover our truth, fix what we perceive as broken within us. We've got countless ways to dissect our thinking and correct the incorrect perceptions we hold about ourselves. It's all there. But ultimately, the work has to be done by us. The key component to self-help is the self part. And whatever you choose will be hard at first. Most things outside our comfort zone will be uncomfortable. I still wrestle with fear on a daily basis, but it's not the fear of my youth. It's not because I worry people aren't going to like me or my voice or my art. My fear is that this time next year, I'll be in the exact same place I am right now, a wasted year. If my younger self came to my current self seeking advice, my first instinct would be to decline. Then, after some consideration, I'd say this. Take the calculated risks. Trust your instincts. Swing for the fences, reach for the stars, and every other cliched platitude you can think of if that moves you forward. But whatever you do, don't stand still longer than you need to. Once you lock on to something that works, no matter how small, take a step forward. Hell, read a self-help book if you have to. But remember, the best advice comes from people who don't give advice. Hey, thanks for listening. Make sure you come back next week. You're going to want to hear my conversation with Emmy Award-winning producer, director, and editor, Mark Stepp. He's responsible for some of VH1's Behind the Music's most iconic episodes. And if you've ever watched the Academy Awards, the Super Bowl halftime show, or most recently the SpaceX launch, you've seen Mark's work. He, was, he wasn't gonna not play. The guy was a professional, and he understood that people paid a lot of money to, to be that, and, and it be, you know there was a lot at stake at that. and It actually worked out perfectly. I mean, it, it, it couldn't. It could, it's still to me the quintessential halftime show that, that has ever been. Uh, I mean. If you like what you're hearing, follow the show. Tell your friends because we don't go anywhere without you. Stop by themindunset.com, drop us an email, or follow us on Instagram at the Mind Unset Podcast. And until next week, be nice, do good stuff.